The views, ideas, and content of well seekers and their guests are their own opinions, and you should always seek additional professional help around any of the issues discussed here on Well Seekers. Hello, and welcome to Well Seekers, where we are a community of seekers helping each other live happy and well by sharing our stories and real life solutions and motivations so that we can live holistically well in our minds, in our guts, and in our life. My name's Lucia, and I am so happy to be here and talking with you guys today. So we have dedicated the next six weeks to workplace wellness and getting well at work in a variety of different ways. And so far, we've talked about how to stay mentally strong at work, how to add meditation and de-stress at work. And this week, we are talking about ways to motivate when you want to make a career change and you just don't know how. Today's show is going to be dedicated to talking about how to discover your why and some of the things that you maybe want to do or ask yourself to figure out what you really want to be doing career-wise. And also, it's a very, very, very special show for me because we have one of my absolute best friends in the world, Isaiah Moskowitz, coming on. And Isaiah and I work together in broadcast. If you guys don't know, I started as a musician and I transitioned into to broadcast. And I started at iHeart Media, and it was called Clear Channel Communications at the time in, I think it was 2002. So a very, very long time ago. Um, I was five. I'm just kidding. I was in my early, early 20s and um, it was 17 years ago. And I started in iHeart in Portsmouth, New Hampshire on the morning show. And I helped produce and was a sidekick and then ended up getting on air and having my own show overnights and weekends. And I met a variety of people who are still some of my favorite people and my mentors in this industry. And one of those people was Isaiah, who was production director, I believe at the time. He will come on and, and tell us about it. And from you know my time in radio, I learned a few things. One, I learned how much I loved connecting with people and telling stories. And two, I learned about the importance of community and the importance of storytelling. That really is where my love for all of this grew was at my time at iHeartMedia. So Isaiah will come on and talk to us about how his career went and continued and augmented and how he took a huge, huge leap of faith and decided, even though he was really successful where he was, to change careers. Before we talked to Isaiah, there was a few things I wanted to share. The first was I was reading this article in Inc. It was about a study. And this researcher spent 15 years studying why people hate their jobs and talking about the number one reason why they hate their jobs. Now, they say that about 70% of people say that they actually are completely dissatisfied with what they're doing, which is a huge percent. And because of that, people end up being unhappy in other aspects of their life. Now, luckily, It doesn't have to be that way. And just because you don't love your job doesn't mean you need to be unhappy in other aspects of your life. We know that you can live happy and well and not like your job. But since today's show is focused on how to be happy and well and love your job, we'll just stay focused on that. This researcher found that the number one reason that people weren't satisfied was because they weren't getting enough praise. They said that we have something called praise addiction, um, where we want people to think what we do is incredible. And until we let go of other people's opinions, we won't truly be happy in what we're doing, which is something that I believe too. 
the other thing that I feel like people don't know and that I've read a lot about, you know, people just not knowing what to do when they are unhappy. So I just wanted, before we have Isaiah come on, talk a little bit about really the top 10 ways to find your career path. This is based on an article in Lifehack, but also mixing in some of my experience as well. One of the top things you can do, so I'm going to give you 10 things to try, to try to find out what you want to do and what may be your next career path. Number one, think about all the things that excite and energize you. I started to make a list of those things when I was thinking about career paths. Write them down and see, one of the questions I asked myself is what would I do for free? Like this podcast, I do it for free. So obviously I love storytelling and I love talking to people on the radio or on TV or online. Doesn't matter. I love telling stories and offering people help via this medium number nine or number two, whichever way you want to count. Um, Keep in mind what you're good at. So not only the things you're like, but what are you good at? Research has shown that what we're good at, we're going to like more. So try and think of some of the things you're good at and add that to the list. Another idea is take a test. I did this too. There are so many tests out there that you can take to try and figure out what is next for you. They're free, they're online, they're quick, they're easy. Spend an hour, two hours, and find out through those assessment tests what you may be good at. Number four, try an internship. I think that's a great idea. See if you can volunteer someplace. If you Sometimes internships are only offered to students. Contact places that you think you want to work and see if they have volunteers or find something in a volunteer capacity. Say you want to do marketing, but you can't work for a marketing company. Go to your church and see if you can volunteer as helping with marketing or go to a, a local nonprofit and see if they need some marketing volunteers and see if you like doing it. And if you like doing it, then you can try and pursue it. Plus, it helps add to your resume. Another idea is find a mentor. Contact someone in that industry. You don't even have to know them. I've found that I've contacted people just blindly and they're happy to interview or have you come in and shadow them for a day to learn more about their career. So if you can't find a mentor, just contact someone. Another thing to do is in that same vein is just ask other people. Make cold calls, talk to your friends who are in um, that field and try and find out and gather as much information as you can. Once you get that information, start to make a plan. Like, how am I going to go from A to B to C? Um, And again, just ask for help along the way if you're stuck and don't know what to do. There's also this formula called the GPV formula, gifts, passions, and values. And they say that if you can take that, your gifts, your passions, and your values and mix them together, then you will have a career that you are going to love. So make a list of your gifts, of your passions, and of your values and see how they can intersect and add up. Also, I think that this is really hugely important. See your career as a set of stepping stones. It's not going to be a linear path. I think, you know, growing up, we you know, there's doctors, there's lawyers, there's people that take those linear paths, but that is not everyone. And if you are not on a linear path, don't get down on yourself. Just see what the next step is because the next step's going to lead to another step that's going to lead to another step that's going to lead to a job that you love and a career that you eventually love. So if you aren't in a place where you are loving it and you want to get to that place, just keep trying, keep taking the next step and eventually you'll find the place that you love and you can start working it up from there. So those are just a few ideas to get started. But really, I think that the thing that helps the most is listening to other people and their experience and learning how to push past your fears and take that bold step and to be brave, whether it's to search and figure out what you want to do or you know what you want to do and you need to step out in faith. 
So coming up, we're going to talk to Isaiah Moskowitz, who is a dear friend and just an incredible person who took a huge risk and left a career that he was just incredible at and really at the top at and started his own company called LTI Business Solutions and in just a short time has been incredibly successful at that too. So Isaiah is going to come on and share with us about his own personal story and what to do in order to face your own fears and to create the career and the life that you want. So we'll be right back on Wealth Seekers with Isaiah. You're listening to Wealth Seekers, a show where the journey is just as important as the destination. You want to be part of the Seekerhood? It's easy. Email us anytime at hello at wellseekers.com. Hey guys, it's Lucia. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Now, I know we're on a break and we're waiting for our guests to come back on. So in the meantime, make sure you check out wellseekers.com for all the latest and greatest simple and easy tools to help you live life well, to build a stronger mind, a stronger body, a stronger spirit, and a stronger life to help you live happy and well. We've got blogs, we've got videos, and we've got tools. We've also got empowering stories and solutions on all of our podcasts. So if you've missed an episode or you want to check out more, make sure to hang out on the site and become part of our seekerhood at wellseekers.com. Now, without further ado, let's get back to our guest. And we are back on Well Seekers with our guest, my very, very good friend who I have known. I mean, I don't know how it's possible, but I've known him like 20 years because I'm only 29. Isaiah Moskowitz. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, Isaiah so is... Wait, if, you, wait, if, you, wait if, you, if you're 29, I'm only 39? <laughs> Sweet. I'll take it. Let me give you your proper introduction and then, then sure. we can chat about how amazing you are. Well, Isaiah, I'm going to have you introduce your title, but basically he is someone who I have known for a very long time. I think it actually has almost been 20 years. I think so. Yeah, we started to get, well, he was well into his career because he's much, much older than I am. Hey, 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 hey. Just wow. I'm just <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but he he was already established when I came in. We worked together in broadcast at iHeart, formerly Clear Channel Communications. And Isaiah worked in media for a lot of major companies. I'm going to have him tell you guys about his experience because it's really incredible. And then he made a really bold move and decided, you know what? It's time for me to shift my focus a little bit. And focus is a big deal for him. So he shifted his focus and ventured out and started his own company. Isaiah, thank you so much for joining us today on Well Seekers. Thank you. It's, uh, it's great. I love, I love the podcast. I love what you're doing. And you and I have known each other for a long time. So we've done, gosh, we've done radio together. We've been friends for a long time. And I really like what you're doing here. This thing, this is a, this is a really positive platform. And it's, um, when you asked me to be on, I'm like, really? How long did that take? I should have been on the first one. Thank you. Okay. Well, you guys, you may recognize Isaiah's voice because he is our liner guy. And if you don't know what liners are, if he, if you listen to this podcast, you hear things like, well, we're already friends. Next on Wellseekers. <laughs> or email us now at bwell at wellseekers.com. You know what's great, though? Listen to this. When I was doing those liners, 
This is what Lucia says to me. Can you sound more like Ryan Seacrest? No, I sound more like Isaiah, but I'll try. I'll do my best to sound like Ryan Seacrest. Thank you. I just thought, you know what? If I can't get Ryan Seacrest to do my liners and introductions for the show, you're second best. You know, listen, there's Ryan Seacrest and then there's Isaiah. And, and you, the world doesn't know about the Isaiah part yet, but I'm right there. I do the show after Ryan Seacrest. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. Isaiah. You really have had a very extensive career working for a lot of major companies. Can you just give us a brief overview of some of the highlights of your career and where your journey took you, where you started and where it took you, which was working for some pretty major companies? Absolutely. No, I uh, I, I, I knew from an early age that I wanted to be on the radio. I, I, I have old cassette somewhere. I, I can't find them. It drives me nuts, but there's an old cassette somewhere of me where I'm four years old in my parents' living room, you know, pressing play and record, talking into the microphone and hosting my own little radio show. And I remember I grew up in Massachusetts and, and there was the TV station WBZ in Boston and they used to do the show called People Are Talking. And I remember it as a kid. So I stole the name and that was my little show called People Are Talking. And here I am, you know, little chipmunk voice talking into the microphone and I would do the character voices of the guests. Um, I would interview my mom and dad, God rest their souls. They're passed on, but they were my guests on the show. Uh, I would, I would look around the room and I remember taking skiing pamphlets from like, you know, Okemo or someplace in New Hampshire and I would read the commercial. So I had this full thing in my head as a child. That was something that always stuck in my head. I always watched WKRP in Cincinnati growing up as a kid, and I listened to a rock station out of Boston, WBCN, where Charles Lacordaire was the morning show. Oh that gosh. was just my thing. I really was like, I got to do that. Legend. And, um, if you guys total legend. lived anywhere in the Boston area, Charles was definitely a legend in radio. Oh, without question, the Big Masters was such a cool thing to me, and listening to BCN, you know, I grew up on the North Shore, so that's the station that I really got into. And, you know, I, I went to broadcasting school out of high school. I mean, I don't think I just, I really wanted to do something in that space. And I had an opportunity to go to a broadcasting school up in Bangor, Maine, small little school, but I fell in love with it. You know, it was a chance for me to get on a radio station, learn the history of broadcast and AMFM, all this and that. It was just really, that was my jam. And I, um, I had such a fun time at that school and right out of school, I stayed up in the Bangor area and got a job at K100, which is now owned by Stephen King. It's, uh, it's a rock station in Bangor. Stephen King owns was, a rock station? He does. He, he actually owned a station called The Zone, no. which was just this whole trip King. of an AM station. It, Stephen King, the, the guy writer. that writes the game, the that cl- guy. The crazy, that guy. scary clown stories. That, that, that would be, the, yes, him. The, really? the, the, the author. He oh. lives in Bangor, Maine. I had yeah. no idea. And he, and he owns radio stations. Well, he owned a little AM station when I was going to school up there in uh, in the early 90s. Really, it was 89 I graduated high school, and in 90 I was up there. And and his AM station was across the street, right? And it was cool because we go in there, and it was a trip. I mean, it was straight up Stephen King. Coffins and skeletons, and, you know, he's the guy, a horror book writer. So uh, a girl that I knew worked at that station, and I was like, okay, that's so cool. I need to work. That's like, this is what I'm here to do. So that was his station. I worked at the college radio station, and that was awesome. And I, he didn't own 100.3 at the time, but that was the station I got the job at. He since has purchased it. He owns it now to this day at WKIT. Mm. 
Yeah, and he, he was cool. I met him once and just a super cool guy. I love his book. The point is, you know, with the radio people, I worked there for a little over a year, and my father passed away in 91, so I had to get closer to home back down on the North Shore in Marblehead. And um, this, this is all this Massachusetts, all- just so everyone listening in other states, this is all Massachusetts he's talking about. Yep, I went up to Angor, Maine, and then back down into the North Shore of Massachusetts. I had to get closer to Boston. And I, I, I peppered a bunch of radio stations with my audition case and got a job in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, which is just north of Boston, Mass. And that's where you and I ultimately ended up meeting. You know, a few years after that, I, I got a job there part-time, and I had to handle my affairs at home, you know, with, with my father passing away. And that's where it really started because it was... You know, I had two radio shifts. I loved it. I went from that to doing beach reports, which is... I did beach reports. I know, you did. You did them for uh, for WERZ. I know. The, did um, I take over uh, for you? No, my, I was on the Rock Station. Oh, okay. I was, I was on WHUD, so... If you guys don't know what beach reports are, I mean, this is the perfect job. I was in grad school, and also where I was producing and then on air as well for the same same company iHeart right. Media's, but different stations. But beach reports, you literally went to the beach and you talked about how the weather was. You gave the, the weather report. It, you were a weather oh, reporter at so, the beach. It was so stupid. So was, stupidly <laughs> easy. But it was the coolest thing. Well, it you was. take the bands with the radio station down to a beach, and we used to put up the old party antenna. You know, this everything now is through the iPhone and through, you know, digital comrex and everything. This was a an old, you know, you put up the actual antenna yeah. that would send a signal back to the station. The morning show's doing their thing. You know, and the nickname I used on the radio in Portsmouth was DC. Funny story there, the guy didn't want me using the name Isaiah. I'm like, what? How many Isaiahs do you think I am like, you don't want me using Isaiah? All right. And I, I had used Colin as my last name in Bangalore. My mom had passed away when I was 15, so I, I used Isaiah Collins to remember my mom. Oh, so he's like, I don't want you to beautiful. use Isaiah. I'm like, uh, Brian? How's Brian calling sound? I'm 21 years old. Where did Brian come from? I, I made it up. I, I, I'm 21, <laughs> getting hired at this radio station. I'm like, you can call me Charlie Brown. I don't care. Here's a little secret to everyone. It, even if the name is normal, sometimes you have like crazy names, but I would say, what do you think? I think it's a 50-50 shot that whether your favorite actor or actress or radio personality, their name is completely made up. I use my real oh, name. Yeah. But I would say oh, half yeah. of the people, they use completely made-up names. Can you imagine, though, if I just used my name, Isaiah Moskowitz? I like what? it. I th- think, it, let's you, do you it. You know one Isaiah Moskowitz. <laughs> and if I threw my middle name in, Isaiah Isaac Moskowitz, there's one. I love it. I, and, you know what? I, right. I almost went by my middle name. What's that? Monique. Monique? Mm-hmm. Lucia Monique Nazaro. Yes, Lucia Monique Nazaro. Ah, I and want spaghetti right now. When I, what do you say? <laughs> you want spaghetti? I want spaghetti. Okay. Well, Monique so is Italian, French, really? so well, then I will, <laughs> put some French bread next to my spaghetti. Just do that. I'm hungry now. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so okay, so well, you're on the radio. You're doing yeah, well. It, it went from there. I mean, it was it was 15 years in that building, and that was when I met you. I did morning shows, afternoon shows. I became the production director, which for the people listening, that's that's where you write and produce the advertising. You know, advertising is what keeps radio stations going. The content is what, you know, the personalities and the shows do. But then all the commercials that you hear 
that's advertising and I was writing and producing and working closely with salespeople and the clients. That really expanded my mind into more things in the business. So I certainly knew how to be a content producer, a, a radio host. I could write the commercials. I could tell stories. My whole thing is just from the go back to when I was a four-year-old with that microphone. I loved to tell stories. Oh my gosh! And make things up and and and, and just and, and expand the story of whatever you know. You have a story. I have a story. Everybody listening out there has a story. And if you tell that story the right way, people are going to listen. And that is such an addiction for me. You nailed my heart. It's storytelling. And that's what this right. is about. And before we leap back into how incredible your career is, I also just want to take a moment to say how amazing it was to be able to work in radio and and in TV before it transitioned into what it is today, which is everyone thinks that they know how to be on the radio and everyone thinks they know because they own an iPhone where they can, you know, talk to people, that they're a media professional. But you guys, there was a time in media where people really honed their crafts. Like we sat there and we listened to something called air checks, which means they would record Mm -hmm. you on the radio and you'd sit there with your boss and they would pick apart how you told a story and they would make you a better storyteller and make you better at communicating and connecting with people. And there really was a craft to what we were doing. And I miss that. I miss that a lot. Oh, it's, I'm so blessed that Bobby Russell at K100 hired me, that mm. Glenn Stewart at WHUB hired me, mm. that Aaron Miller down in Orlando hired me, that John Capuano hired me in Boston. You know, I had a chance to work with Phil Zachary in Boston, and, and then we'll get to what I'm doing now. But all of these people brought me into the world of radio at one level or another from on air, production, creative services, sales. Management and, and, and just again, exactly what you said, allowed me to tell a better story. And no matter what part of radio I worked in, every portion of it has a story. Every single portion. If you're on the radio, you're telling a story. If you're writing a good piece of advertising and marketing, you're telling a story for that client. You know, when you're sitting with a client, you're listening to them tell you stories about yeah. what's wrong or what they need help with or, yeah. or whatever you're there to do as a solution, you know, based person. And then you know, those 15 years were great. In 2005, I, I had a chance to get into the sales end. I was so deep in the creative services, working with clients and really you know, looking at someone and saying, you know, saying that you're family-owned and operated and you're on Main Street, is not, that's not a story. That's something. Yeah. Go deeper. What, yeah. do you, what do you do? Like, you sell mattresses? No, you sell a good night's sleep. Yeah. Right? Like, get, get in there. And, and you know, as being a tremendous host, you know, when I worked with Ruchia, oh my God, you, you, you did, you've done so many amazing things. You're a great storyteller. You did great things on ERZ, from beach reports to shows to the morning show. And I remember when you and I sat in, in my production studio, you walked in and said, I, I need something to send to, I think it was somebody in LA because you were auditioning for something. And you're like, I need something. And I'm like, okay, here we go. We grabbed our news friend, who was Stephanie. And I just decided that and she was very religious. But I just went, boom, you're the Bible girl. Boom, you're Lucia. And you're, you at the time were single. And it was just kind of like, all right, you're going to be this girl that can tell crazy stories about dudes. You're the Bible girl and I'm the host and go. Yeah. So tell us where you got to Isaiah and then tell us where you are now and what made you make that shift. You know, I got to a point after, after years of being on the sales side. So now think about that. I've experienced all the content creation, the writing, the producing, the storytelling. Now I'm dealing directly with clients and trying to help them generate revenue. 
that's amazing. So I, I really touched every portion of the business of broadcasting radio, if you will, and communications. And uh, a few years back, I, I always seem to want to get to the front of the line so that I'm communicating with the, if I'm talking to you about you, I need to talk to you, not somebody who thinks they know you. So when I, I took that opportunity a few years ago, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to step away from, from the radio business that I'm in. I was making excellent money. I worked in Boston. I, I represented some brands like the Red Sox and the Patriots and sold. It was great, but I needed to have more for the clients that needed more radio or TV or digital or one or the other are not the end of the discussion for how you can advertise. There are so many ways you can advertise these days. It's almost time. And I took that opportunity to say, you know what? I'm going to step out on a limb here. I'm going to ask a couple of key accounts that I work with. If you would follow me down this rabbit hole, I do well by you for radio. Will you come with me and let me do your other stuff? And you know, it's relationships. It's storytelling and the relationships you build in life that are going to make us who we are, right? And absolutely. a few of them said, yep, I'll do that, Isaiah. And it, it, it was absolutely ballsy because I'm walking away from a full-time, six-figure paying, comfortable job in a major market like Boston, Massachusetts. And I'm like, I'm out. I'm going to go do this on my own. And But those key accounts, those key people, those key relationships said, yep, here are the projects. And, and now... My agency uh, that I own, and I'm going into my third year of doing it. You know, I'm out there on my own, but I'm I'm doing media buying, and again, I'm buying the airtime, the advertising time, and creating what we put in that advertising for a number of amazing clients. And I just turned the calendar year, and it's like I, I had the best year in 2018, and it was almost a high watermark of the money I was making a few years before. I didn't do this for the money; I did it for freedom and the creative space. And my mind is in a whole different place. I control my own destiny. So tell, I mean, what you're doing is incredible. And I know that it must have been terrifying to go from working for a major corporation doing as well as you were doing to venturing out on your own and starting your own company. So tell us a little bit about some of your fears that you had in starting your own company and how you worked through those and just went for it. Fear of failure, fear of not being able to do what I need to do for the clients initially, but that passes because it, it, you know you've got to just have confidence in yourself, have confidence that you know that you can do what you put your mind to do, put your you know put your head down and do it. But it, it's scary. Am I going to be able to find more clients? Am I going to be able to pitch the client and have that client say yes? You know, I'll I'll work with you. I kept it really simple. I mean, really simple. What do you need? Like, I'm a doctor. Where does it hurt? you got to tell me where it hurts. And if you actually do that and you tell me, then it's not a sales process. I'm actually coming to you with a solution. But it's, it's really scary because, look, clients can come and go. Things can change that I have no control over. Planting seeds is okay. I never stop doing that. I'm always, always, always thinking about how I can cultivate uh, what I'm currently working on. So I, I work with a client, and I'm always making sure I take care of what they ask me to do. But I'm always asking for referrals. And when things get quiet, when things aren't happening, that's when I get nervous. Because I could get a phone call tomorrow. Someone could say, I'm sorry, Isaiah, we, we, we decided to go with a different agency or we've had a shift change at the top. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's scary, but I'll tell you what, there's nothing like the freedom. There's nothing like the creative space I have now to do what I need to do for my clients. It, it, I, I don't regret it. I, I can't imagine myself going back and working for a corporation, I, I anticipate growing my business 
to a place where I'm hiring people and I'm, I'm continuing to build this positive culture. Mm, I love that. Isaiah, before you came on, I was talking about um, there was a research study done. Someone studied for 15 years why people are really unsatisfied with their jobs. And it talked about, um, you know, an epidemic being on our hands that people really aren't happy because of something called a praise addiction. They want to go somewhere where they're praised. Do you think that that is true, that getting praise made you happy? What do you think motivates you in your job, and what do you think makes you happy in your job? I wouldn't say it was praise. And we all like to be told we're doing a good job. We all like to give it direction, no question about it. I wanted to be able to offer more for people. I am a solution person. If you have an issue, you and I have known each other for a long time, and we've been dear, really good friends. Yeah. And we have talked through a variety of personal things that have gone on in our world. Yeah. And you do it as well as I do. You've been there for me through, through thick and thin and vice versa. I love that. I, I'm, I'm on this earth to do that. I really am. And whether it's personal or professional, you know, I just, I really, I'm here. God's put me here so I can help someone do something. Mm. So you wouldn't say it's praise that motivates you. You would say that it's tuning into what you were really truly put here to do and then going after that thing, because that's what I think it is. I think it's letting go of what you think is going to make you happy and well, and listening to what is going to make you happy and well, and then going after that thing, regardless of whether you get praise or not. Right. Look, praise praise is good, but you can also get praise. Here's how you get praise. Ask for it. If I'm working with you, I'm going to ask you, is this what you wanted me to do? And how am I doing? Oh, that's so great. You're going to have to answer that question. And it's also going to keep me in line with the job I'm supposed to do. So you constantly reinforce yourself. Um, Again, nobody's doing it for you. If I just don't talk to my client for a week, well, that's silly. A lot can happen in a week. I'm always asking. I'm not saying, hey, pat me on the back. I say, Hey, Lucia, is this right? Is this what we... Okay, cool. Are you happy with this? Mm. Yes? No? Maybe? Like, give give me feedback. And that feedback is fuel for me. So you've given it to me. You've told me. I'm like, awesome. I did what she asked me to do. um, And here's the next project. You know, I had had appointments all day today. And and I've got notes all over the place of specific things that we have to do to check off that list. And the praise is inside that. Because once I do it, I'm going to come back to you and say, well, is this right? Okay, cool. What did you think about that? You yeah. know, referrals are the toughest thing to ask, but they're sitting right there. Yeah. Sitting right there. I know you and you know me, so why wouldn't I ask you, hey, can you, is there a chance, Lucia, you could refer me to one of your friends at home because I'm thinking I could help them with a solution. That's that. Yeah. That's better, those are, I'll tell you, that's better than cold calling somebody, calling a stranger and asking them and, and starting a brand new relationship and work inside the ecosystem that we've already built. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Isaiah, if someone, um, this has all been great and just hearing about some of your fears and how you work through them and what motivates you, I'm sure is inspiring people to make their own leap of faith um, when it comes to their career. Before I let you go, what advice would you give someone if they are sitting listening and they are unhappy in their career and they want to make a change? What advice would you give them to one, if they're not sure where to go and what to do to get started, or two, if they do know what they want to do, what advice would you give them to make them leap? Both of them are go for it, right? Both of them are go for it, but you have to figure out what it is. I knew in my head 
that I wanted to communicate with people from an early age. I wanted to tell stories, share stories, and build that. So I, I knew, and, and it goes right down that ecosystem of four-year-old in his living room, goes to college, on a radio, builds the radio career, gets through the sales, opens his own agency. What am I doing the whole way? I'm telling stories, and I know I want to do that. So figure out what you want to do. You really have to know what you're good at. Are you good at listening and dissecting? Are you good at speaking and helping? Uh, are you good at building? You have to know what you have some sort of, We all have skills. Mm. You just have to put yourself in a quiet place to figure that out. If you don't know what it is, figure it out. Ask friends. Talk to family. I mean, what am I good at? Am I, you know, some, somebody, a lot of other eyeballs are going to recognize what you are good at. So ask. And, and especially if you know what it is and you're looking over that, <clears throat> you're looking over that, that cliff, it's not a cliff. It's not. It's just something different. And um, I cannot express enough how when you work for yourself, when you represent yourself, it's, it's, it's amazing. And, I mean, I'm responsible for me. So that is scary because I'm, I'm the one that could break this. But it's so, to me anyway, so invigorating. And, and look, I, I went and added more to my puzzle. Let's go back to the years of being on the radio. I got myself back on the radio a year ago on a major market station in Boston. So now I own my own advertising agency. I do all this amazing storytelling for my clients, and I still get to go on the radio, live radio, mind you, not pre-recorded stuff, live, heartbeat, pump radio in a in the Boston market. I get the best of both worlds, and I just went for it. I picked up the phone, and I called the program director and said, I haven't been on the radio since 2004, but... And he... And he interrupted me. He goes, I remember when you were on the radio in New Hampshire. Yes, you could absolutely do it. You just picked here. up the phone and called the program director? Who I knew. I knew him. Oh, you so knew him. Okay. I, okay. I, was, I was in sales. I'm like, I'm picking radio. up the phone tomorrow and calling some program directors. <laughs> Hi, um, can I speak to Ryan Seacrest? Hi. Yeah, Isaiah's busy, but can I work with you? <laughs> right? But no, that was it. I went, so the point is answering the question. I went for it. You know, my wife's the one that said, you love being on the radio. You love doing voiceover work. You're doing this agency, so do it. I have, I have a studio in the other room. I do tons of voice work, including fabulous voice work for this podcast. Exactly. And before we go any further, I can't believe we haven't mentioned this yet. His wife's name is Lucia. Right? <laughs> like my own... I'm obsessed with Lucia. I know. The only other Lucia I knew was my grandmother, who I was named after. But now I know another. I have been in the same room with both of these women, and I'm like, oh, Isaiah, Lucia, and Lucia. Damn, that should be a radio show. <laughs> no, the two Lucias. She would love it. She's awesome. But yeah, so she, she is she, awesome. The, the, the answer to those questions is you have to figure out what it is you're really good at and just go for it. There are things you have to figure out. We have to pay for our insurance. Bills need to be paid. There obviously are logistics, okay? figure it out and, and go for it because you don't want to wake up and be like, I missed that opportunity. That's, that's regret that is, it'll stick with you forever. You don't want that. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Go for it. Look what you're, look what you're doing in your world. How many times have you gone for different things? Yeah. It's and, hard. And it, it's scary. It it's very scary. When you went and worked on bus radio from radio, how did that feel? Yeah, no, it was scary. I moved from LA to Boston to take a job with 
an unknown company, but it was great. It was a national radio show. So it wasn't right. it wasn't really that big of a leap, it, but it was a big move because I was happy in Los Angeles. When you left and you, when you when you were working on the Ellen show doing what you were doing there, how was that? I mean, how scared, scary was that for you? I actually wasn't scared at all when I was nope. at Ellen. No, I felt really comfortable. I, I loved driving into the lot. I was only there for a short, short time finishing my grad school internship, but I loved being on Ellen. I felt like it was, it was, I wanted to be Ellen. <laughs> I didn't right. really want to right. be, but I, I thought it was, you know, learning from the greatest and watching her do warm ups and different things like that. I, I actually haven't talked about that on my, my show yet. I can't believe I haven't talked about this on Well, Seekers. This, this is where I'm doing the interview right now. Where yeah. was your scariest moment? And, all, and, all, and I'm, pretty, I'm pretty good at this, so be careful. In all of the things you've done in your uh, career, because look, people listen to this podcast and get to know you. Yeah. Where was your biggest fear? Where oh. was your biggest fear? What change did you go through that scared you to death? Gosh, absolutely. Well, two biggest fears. One was when I got the second master's degree because I knew in my heart I didn't want to leave media. So I felt like it was almost like a step away from where I wanted to be, but I've learned a ton and I wouldn't take it back. But the scariest thing was definitely when I moved to New York City at 21 by myself, knew zero people. I signed a management deal and he booked me around the city to get exposure for labels and different things like that. And just playing shows constantly around New York City. Wow. That was terrifying at 21 from New Hampshire. <laughs> I would say. But you, learned, but, you, but you learned a lot. All of the things, the reason I'm asking this is the reason yeah. you're asking me. It's all the things we've done since we started doing what it is that we do, personally and professionally, bring us to exactly this moment while mm. you and I are talking on this podcast, sharing stories, just having a conversation about our lives and people are listening, hopefully getting something going well. The two of them know each other well. They've got great chemistry and they'll talk all day, but yeah. they both went for it at different times. They said, screw it, I'm going. And, and, and it's going to hurt potentially. I don't want to be cliche. Life is way too short to sit around and be like, ah, should I do that? No, yeah. well, don't do that. Don't, don't be stupid about it. But just, you got, you got to go through these things because you'll be sorry if you don't. And that's why getting back on the radio was so important to me. You know, I'll tell you real quick on go. My, my dad told me when I was in college, you know, he knew that I was struggling with the death of my mom and he was always like, okay, just, just, so, I was so anxious to work in Boston on the radio. And he's just like, relax, relax, relax. It'll happen, it'll happen, it'll happen, whatever. You'll get there. And I was pumping tapes down to WBCN, the station I listened to with Charles Lacordaire that we talked about earlier. I wanted to be on that show so bad. Couldn't do it, got rejected, rejected, rejected. My dad passes away. Mm. I'm like, ah, all right. And all these years, I got into Fort Smith, New Hampshire. Great came in in Massachusetts, big signal, you know, so I'm not in Boston, but I'm, you could hear me at the house that I grew up in. That's a big deal. I'm like, okay, all these years passed, all these years, a year ago, I cracked the microphone on WAF, a rock station in Boston. And it's like, he told me, he told me I'd be there at some point. And, uh, then I got there. Yeah. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that one, that, that one, that one wells me up every time. Isaiah Moskowitz, he is the owner and founder of LTI Business Solutions. Thank you so much for joining us. And really quick, before we let you go, give everyone how they can find you if they want to learn more about your company. Absolutely. Uh, on LinkedIn, under Isaiah Moskowitz, uh, LTI Business Solutions is the name of the company. So LTI Business Solutions.com. And um, 
we have fun. We're an advertising agency, and we tell stories. And if you are on the Radio.com app, WAAF is the rock station that I run my mouth on from time to time and have a lot of fun. So I'm out there. He is out there. So check out LTI Business Solutions and check him out on WAAF. I told him if he ever needed somebody to give me a shout because we just need to do we this gotta more gotta work often. that out. We got to work that out because there's some changes coming there. No kidding. And my, I'm just going to put you on my show next time and that's going to be it. Do it. And we'll just start taking calls. I'll start giving people therapy. We'll call it free therapy. <laughs> Can I get some therapy? I need sure. some therapy. Free therapy on sure. WAF with Lucia. Accidental <laughs> therapist. I love, I, I love I'm accidentally listen, I, listen, I love I, I love you and I'm so proud of you for this this podcast. And I'm so excited that we're finally you and I talk like this all the time on the phone. It's finally out there now. This is what people do. I mean I'm I'm, I'm really proud of you. You're doing a great job and, and anytime you want me to come on and, and have fun with you, I'm I'm, I'm wide open game for that. Awesome. You're the best. I love you. And I'm so proud of you as well. Thanks so much for, for joining us on Well Seekers. Thank you. And we'll be right back on Well Seekers. Look, we're already friends, right? So let's make it official. Just find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Well Seekers. Thanks for being part of the Seekerhood. We couldn't do this without you. Now, back to the show. And we're back on Well Seekers. Thanks so much to Isaiah for joining us. Now, before we go, because I think he gave a lot of great advice, I just wanted to leave you guys with a few things. First of all, I know it is terrifying. If you're anything like me, you grew up with people that were in careers and there was just such a linear path like I talked about earlier on in the show. But I think something to highlight is that times really are changing. That traditional nine to five schedule or you go someplace for 20 years, that is not necessarily the formula today. So if you do have an idea or there's something that you want to pursue, it's a lot more acceptable today. So if you're having that fear, it is really challenging to move past, like Isaiah said, but just taking that leap and taking a risk is something that you will not regret. There was a study done by the University of Warwick that said that happier employees are 12% more productive than non-happier employees, which doesn't seem like a lot, but 12% more productive is a lot. Um, And that money is really never the biggest factor in people's contentment. It's really if they are happy at what they do and are surrounded by people that they like. So if you want to be happy and well at work, Finding what you love and um, being grateful and surrounding yourself with good people is something to strive for even more than money or accolades or success in those ways. I think the thing that I learned from Isaiah was you just got to step out in faith sometimes and it can be scary. Even starting this podcast was scary. But, um, you know, the rewards and connecting with everyone out there that's looking to be happier and looking to be more well and seeking um, a better way of life has been something that's been more rewarding than anything I could ever ask for. Isaiah, thank you so much again for coming on our show. And if you guys have any ideas that you want to run by us, maybe you have some questions, maybe you want to leave a comment, make sure you check out more on our site, wellseekers.com. Send us a DM on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. You can find us at Wellseekers on all of those platforms. You guys, it's such an honor to be on this journey with you to living a happy and well life in our minds, in our guts, and just holistically. And for all of you seekers out there, I hope you are one step close to finding what you're looking for. And we are so honored to be on this journey with you. We'll talk to you next week on Well Seekers. How would you like to join the conversation? Email us anytime at hello at wellseekers.com.